1: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Senator, it's nice to
2: be with you here in Washington, D.C. There's a lot going on, a speaker's race. We're going to save that for another episode, because who knows what's going to happen there. But there's serious news that is breaking, and the media's reaction To this rocket that hit a hospital, a lot of casualties in Gaza, was immediately to start going after Israel. CNN was almost excited to report it, saying this could have the whole world change their mindset on Israel when we didn't have any of the facts yet. That is disturbing.
3: Well, look, it it is a powerful illustration of what we said in in Monday's podcast. And by the way, if you didn't listen to Monday's podcast, you ought to go back and listen to it. it. It was entitled, CNN is Hamas's Air Force, so is MSNBC, so is ABC, here's the evidence. And we walk through how a critical part of Hamas's battle plan is to count on the corporate media, the dishonest, lying puppets of the media to repeat their propaganda, and in particular, to attack Israel, to demonize Israel. And what happened here today, you and I are sitting here, it's about 11 p.m. on Tuesday night, we're recording this. Today, a hospital was struck in Gaza. And, And, you know, it is striking. The media leapt at saying, aha, the Israelis did it. See, see, we knew there'd be Palestinian civilian casualties, and there are going to be Palestinian civilian casualties. But they were gleeful to blame it on Israel. Now, as we sit here tonight at 11 p.m., the facts are still murky. It's still coming out. But Prime Minister Netanyahu has emphatically denied that it was an Israeli rocket. The IDF has put out video proof that it appears to have been a Palestinian terrorist rocket that that, that went awry and hit the hospital. And, And one of the things to understand... The Israeli missiles are incredibly targeted. They know exactly what they're doing. They hit military targets because they're precision. The Palestinians just file, fire rockets willy-nilly. They don't have guidance systems. They're not advanced. They're really crude. And, and a very significant percentage of the rockets just go off course. They hit civilian areas.
2: There, there's and, a, there's reports that 30 to 40% of the rockets, when they shoot a lot at the same time, yeah don't even make it out of Gaza and that area. They just misfire or they come down early
3: and they kill other innocent people, Palestinians. Well, and the thing to understand, look, the Palestinians, Hamas is making these rockets. Many of these rockets are made out of things like water pipes because for, for international agencies give millions of dollars to put in water pipes to get clean water to Gaza. And the terrorists and Hamas cut up the water pipes and turn them into rockets. And so these are just, these are rockets that have some propulsion and some, ball bearings or other other shrapnel that explode that that is designed to kill personnel but but they don't have precision guidance systems so right now as we sit here at at 11 o'clock tonight it appears that it is likely the rocket that hit the hospital was actually fired by a palestinian terrorist organization we don't know that for sure but but let me give you for example the evolution of the new york times headlines today so the first headline says Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital Palestinians say yeah, yeah. now notice how Key much word there Palestinians say no, notice how much work that is th- th- that phrase Palestinians say now they had to revise that and and so afterwards they changed it to at least 600 dead in strike on Gaza Hospital Palestinians say boy they stick everything you're gonna see a lot of New York Times headlines that ends with, Palestinians say. Because whatever their propaganda is, the New York Times is going to emblazon across the headline. Here's the third headline today. At least 500 dead in blast at Gaza Hospital. That changed a lot from their first headline. Palestinians say. Yeah. They still include those words on every headline. Now the point is there's a blast, but notice, and and this goes back to We've talked before on this podcast about the active voice and the and the passive voice. The active voice is Ben hit the ball. Yeah. In tennis, that's a frequent accurate statement. You're a very good tennis player. So Ben hit the ball. The active voice has an actor that is engaging in the verb. The passive voice is the ball was hit. Yeah. Now, the ball was hit. The reason people use the passive voice in politics and in journalism is for one reason, and it's consistent, which is they use the passive voice to hide the actor, to obscure who did Did the thing. So if you say the ball was hit, you're trying to hide that it was Ben that hit the ball. Yeah. In this case, they started out with Israeli strike kills. What is it that killed? It was the Israeli strike. It was those bad bad Jewish people in Israel. That's what the New York Times did. And, and implying to say. it was purposeful that they said we want to blow up a hospital today. You know, because the Israelis are sitting there saying, "What do you want to do today? Let's blow up a hospital because that seems like a great idea." But you know what, for the media, these headlines are pre-written. They're ready to there will be civilians killed. Why? Because the Hamas puts their military targets surrounded by civilians. But then suddenly the facts got ahead of them and they changed it to strike on Gaza hospital. And notice what's missing, the actor. And then finally blast at Gaza high school. Then it's not even a, a yeah. strike. It's just boom. It just happened. Hospital blew up. And, and by the way, you know, the New York Times and, and CNN and the corporate media was not alone. And we'll cover, cover this more in Friday's pod. They were not alone in immediately wanting to blame Israel. You know who else did? Some of your colleagues in Congress. Uh, Rashida Tlaib. I want you to take a look right now at the tweet she put out. I'm going to read it. Israel just bombed the Baptist Hospital, killing 500 Palestinians, doctors, children, patients. Just like that. POTUS, this is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help de-escalate your war and destruction only approach, uh, your r- war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans like me. We will remember where you stood. So understand what she's saying immediately when she sees the headline. She's like, this is Israel. And what does she want? Cease fire. Yeah, I told you before. And look, we've talked about on this podcast how the Biden administration has said ceasefire, fire, cease fire, cease fire. That's gonna be their talking points. Why? Because after Hamas has murdered now over 1,400 Israelis, roughly 300 IDF soldiers and about 1,100 civilians, 30 Americans, the position of the radical left is cease fire, Israel do nothing, we're done now. Yeah. They murdered their people, they murder more, but right now, do not respond, do not attack Hamas, do not eliminate Hamas, cease fire. That is what the Democrats say, that is what the media say. That is why this is Hamas's Air Force.
2: You know, it's interesting, If and i got to say to our audience, they did an amazing job spreading what we were talking about with the media and how they're covering this conflict, this war. Uh, and, and our last podcast, it clearly went viral because the people that listened shared it on social media. If they missed look, it, go back look, look, and listen.
3: Monday's podcast is the biggest podcast we have had in months. Yeah because people were interested and, and we cited chapter and verse. We just played the media coverage and showed how they are playing the role. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, they're all playing the role of being Hamas's propagandists. And it's not just peripheral. It is an integral part of the strategy from Hamas to try to defeat Israel, is the, is the media is part of their strategy, and boy, they are fulfilling their role, gangbusters.
2: I want to tell you about patriot mobile for 10 years patriot mobile has been america's only christian conservative wireless provider and when i say only trust me they're the only one now the team there have been great supporters not only of shows just like this one but they are proud to partner with conservative organizations to grow the conservative base. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, as well as our military, our veterans, and our first responder heroes. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, which makes switching easy. You can keep your same cell phone number you have now. You can keep your same phone or upgrade. Now, when you pay your bill, this is when the magic happens. They take a percentage of your bill each and every month and give it back to conservative causes that you help choose to support in these categories that I just mentioned. And you may not realize it, but many of the big mobile companies Actually, give huge donations to Democrats as well as to Planned Parenthood. So, stop giving your money to woke corporations that are fighting against your values, and switch to Patriot Mobile. Use the promo code Verdict. You'll get free activation and the best deals of the year. Call them nine seven two Patriot. That's nine seven two Patriot. Or online at patriotmobile.com/slash Verdict. That's Patriot Mobile dot.com/slash/verdict. There's a second part of this that we're going to do a very deep dive on tonight, and it's an important one for everyone that's listening, and that is, how did we get to a point in this country where our colleges are on the side of terrorists, to be clear, the majority of colleges that I've seen um, all over the country? The students are in favor of the Palestinians, Hamas, the terrorists, they're against Israel, and you don't have to look that deep to understand this is money flowing in from Democrats. This is money flowing in from George Soros. This is also uh, very clear connections between Black Lives Matter and Hamas. And no one is covering this or touching this or connecting these dots in the media, which if there's any time to do it, it's right now.
3: Yeah, listen, the, the, our elite universities are venomous pits of anti-semitism and hatred for Israel. And we're seeing that arise all across the country. It is vicious, it is nasty. But our elite universities are also places that have embraced Black Lives Matter. And this is an important piece of news that you will not see on the corporate media. They will not cover this. But I want our listeners to understand this. Black Lives Matter supports Hamas. Black Lives Matter is Hamas. And I want you to understand this, and we're going to lay out the facts and details on this carefully. But every university president, every college professor, every Fortune 500 corporation that wrote a check to Black Lives Matter, all of them who embrace these radical Marxist revolutionaries, they need to be asked, every one of them, Do you support this anti-Semitic, anti-Israel hatred? Because you've funded it. You've embraced it. You've endorsed it. So let's start. Black Lives Matter, the organization, and it's important to draw a distinction. And we we did several years ago on Verdict, we did a long podcast walking through the Marxist roots of Black Lives Matter. Understand, there's a difference between the phrase Black Lives Matter. The phrase Black Lives Matter is unequivocally true. It is a truism. Every reasonable and rational person agrees with that. Sure. Now, it is also true. White Lives Matter, Hispanic Lives Matter, Asian American Lives Matter. All uh, lives matter. <laughs> like, but, but yes, yes, unequivocally yes. Do Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. Now, mind you, Black Lives Matter, the movement, and there is an organization, Black Lives Matter, Inc., <laughs> Yeah. that is incorporated. It is a business. It is a business where they've made millions. They're grifters. It's a Ponzi scheme, in essence. They are grifters, but they're not just grifters. They are Marxist grifters, and they are explicitly Marxist. They are trained Marxist organizers, and they've referred to Israel as an apartheid state. They've said that the U.S., because of its alliance with Israel, is, quote, complicit In the genocide taking place against the Palestinian people. I want you to watch now Black Lives Matter co founder Patrice Cullors. She's at my alma mater in 2015 doing a panel at the Harvard Law School. Here she is calling for the end of Israel. Listen.
1: Actions always. Um, The other thing I'll say is Palestine is our generation, South Africa. And if. If if we don't step up uh, boldly and courageously to end the the imperialist project that's called Israel, um, we're doomed.
3: I want you to hear those words. End the imperialist project that is called Israel. That's Black Lives Matter. That's what Black Lives Matter calls for. And mind you, not help the Palestinian people, not have a two-state solution. End Israel. Push them into the sea. She wants to eliminate, we talked about in the last episode, the radical left-wing mantra from the river to the sea. What that means is literally wipe out Israel. There are 22 Arab countries on earth. There are 50 Muslim countries on earth. There is one, one, one Jewish state on planet earth. And these radicals, they believe that number should be zero. They don't want there to be a Jewish state. And here's what she's calling for end Israel that is the view of the radical left now I want to also point out that she said in 2015 she admitted she and her fellow organizers are quote trained Marxists yeah here have a look
1: I think that the criticism is helpful Um, I also think that it might I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, We are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories.
3: Look, that's who they are. They are communists. They are Marxists. Um, By the way, Patrice Culler started as a trained organizer with something called the Labor Community Strategy Center. She called it her first political home. The center's director, Eric Mann, was her political mentor. She told Politic that that it was there she was trained for her youth and she grew as a leader. The labor community strategy, Senator, describes its philosophy as, quote, an urban experiment using grassroots organizing to, quote, focus on black and Latino communities with deep historical ties to the long history of anti-colonial, anti-imperialist, pro-communist resistance to the U.S. empire. So understand, if you support Black Lives Matter, the organization, you support, in their own words, pro-communist resistance to the US Empire. Now, the senator teaches and studies the history of quote indigenous rebellions against the initial European genocidal invasions and quote the great slave Haitian revolution of the 1790s and quote the great slave rebellions that won the US Civil War for the racist North. The senator also expresses its appreciation for the work of the US Communist Party. Especially, quote, especially black communists, as well as his support for the great work of the Black Panther Party, the American Indian Movement, the Young Lords, the Brown Berets and the great revolutionary rainbow experiments of the 1970s. Speaking with the ACLU's At Liberty weekly podcast, Colors described the center as her, quote, foundation, claiming that it was there that she developed the skills that helped her found the Black Lives Matter movement after having been recruited by its director, Eric Mann. Mann, who is an avowed communist revolutionary, that's what he describes himself as, was the New England coordinator for Students for a Democratic Society in 1968, the radical Marxist organization. The following year, an even more radical wing splintered from the SDS, led, led by Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, calling for violent direct action over civil disobedience. And that splintered group became known as the Weather, Weather Underground with the stated goal of overthrowing the U.S. government. As a result, the FBI classified correctly the organization as a domestic terrorist group in 1969. That's where Black Lives Matter came from. Explicit Marxists waging violent war on what they describe as the U.S. Empire. They described themselves as a pro-communist resistance to the U.S.
2: Empire. You would think that these CEOs that were writing these massive checks to Black Lives Matter and all of these sports teams that were giving them literally billions in free media with Black Lives Matter on the helmets, the end zones, uh, at the end of the basketball courts, that even the U.S. Open in the corners, they had them up Black Lives Matter. You would think they would have done a little bit of research and been like, do we really want to give this? But that was that part of a, hey, you can't say no. You can't ask questions. You have to go with these radicals because if you don't, they will come to ruin and
3: destroy your industry. Look, the NBA mandated that every NBA court had to have the words Black Lives Matter emblazoned on the court. Now, does the NBA support what Patrice Cullors says she supports, the founder of Black Lives Matter, Inc.? The end of Israel? Do they support Hamas? Do they support... And, 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 and by the way... Following, following these attacks, so let's go back two weeks ago. You have the terror attacks in Israel. You have the greatest single-day massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. You have death squads going house to house, murdering civilians, targeting civilians, targeting elderly people, targeting women, targeting children, raping women and raping little girls, dragging them into the public street, beheading infants. What was Black Lives Matter reaction? Well, here's one tweet they sent out. Take a look. That is all. That is it. A picture of a hand glider with a Palestinian flag saying, I stand with Palestine. And by the way, that image are the terrorists that came in to that the concert. to the rave yeah. and murdered hundreds of young people at an outdoor concert They're at a concert, and they stood there, and they just gunned them down. This this is
2: the equivalent of putting out a picture of the 9-11 hijackers, to be clear. This
3: is, I support murderers who target teenagers. Not military targets, not people engaged in war, not I support a peaceful dialogue of a different diplomatic situation with the Palestinians. None of that. I support the terrorists who are murdering people. That was Black Lives Matter, and and, and let me give you, for example, a quote from the Washington Free Beacon. Black Lives Matter chapters across the United States had hardly contained their glee following the terrorist attacks against the Jewish nation. Black Lives Matter Chicago on Tuesday posted an image exalting a paragliding Palestinian terrorist, a clear reference to the Hamas gunman who flew into a music festival Saturday morning and massacred at least 260 Israelis. On Instagram, the Chicago chapter posted graphics claiming it is racist and Islamophobic, quote, to criticize Hamas's brutality. So if you don't like raping children, you're racist and homophobic, Islamophobic. And said the terrorist group had, quote, the legal right to resist Israel by slaughtering innocent civilians. Black Lives Matter Grassroots, which represents 26 of the movement's chapters, on Monday justified Hamas's terror as, quote, a desperate act of self-defense. And in fact, so this is more from the Washington Examiner, quote, as black people continue to fight to end militarism and mass incarceration in our own communities. uh, Let us understand the resistance in Palestine as an attempt to tear down the gates of the world's largest open-air prison. That was BLM Grassroots, which represents dozens of BLM chapters. Um, BLM Indianapolis on, on X on Twitter reposted an image that read, I stand with Palestine from the U.S. Palestinian Community Network. The chapter also reposted a separate image from a racial justice group reading, quote, Palestinians have lived under the violence of Israeli colonialism for 75 years. To end all violence, the initial and ongoing violence of the oppressor and the reactive resistance of the oppressed, we must act to end the oppression. BLM Detroit, another group, posted on Instagram the image that BLM Grassroots released, while BLM Philadelphia, yet another group, has since appeared to delete a a repost on its Instagram story of pro-Palestinian protesters in the U.S. with one exclaiming, quote, all of us are here standing today are proud. Proud. Of what occurred yesterday. Proud. Proud proud of it. Now, Now,
2: hold on. Let's also be clear about something that I think you need to understand. You can be off groups or one-offs, right, with one of the large organizations nationwide, and you could say, okay, As a national group, we condemn what they said. Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Philadelphia. They didn't come out. In fact, they said they're allowed to do this.
3: And no one disagreed. Right. No one's saying that they shouldn't have said it. No one's saying they went off the the deep end. Well, the founder of Black Lives Matter called for the end of Israel. Of course they're celebrating this. They're trained Marxists. They're anti-Semites. They hate Israel. And they are rooting for the terrorists that are murdering Israeli civilians. Now, you might say, okay, this is a fringe group. This is not near the core of American society. Follow the money. I, I, I want to go back and, and, and just, just, just look at some of the record. Airbnb donated $500,000 to the Black Lives Matter Foundation and the NAACP. It's unclear how the money was divided between the two groups. A lot of cash. Amazon. This is an incredible amount of money. I, yeah. I, I
2: hope everybody listening to this will share this. This is the part that people need to understand. Amazon donated $27 million across 12 organizations, including Black Lives Matter. It's unclear, which scares the hell out of me, how the $27
3: million was divvied up. $27 million is a crap ton of money. Yeah. Um, Bad Robot Productions donated $200,000 to Black Lives Matter Los Angeles in June of 2020. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Actually, Sprite made a $500,000 contribution to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Degree, the yeah deodorant, pledged hundred thousand dollars to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. DoorDash, half a half a million bucks. DoorDash, five hundred thousand dollars. I use DoorDash all the time. It's yeah. it's great. It's convenient. Except for the bastards are supporting Marxist organizations that support the Palestinians and cheered them on while they're and, killing. And not just innocent the Palestinians, Hamas, Hamas terrorists. Exactly. Hamas terrorists. Dropbox, the founder and CEO personally donated $500,000 to the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation and said that he would personally match employee donations. Microsoft. Microsoft donated $250,000 to the Black Lives Matter Foundation. And how about Warner Brothers Discovery? Warner Brothers Discovery signed Patrice Cullors' pledge, and signed actually Patrice Cullors' to a multi-year deal to produce original programming across a range of platforms. So understand this. Warner Brothers' discovery looked at this avowed Marxist, this racist anti-Semite, who, by the way, among other things, the founders of, of Black Lives Matter have also called for boycotting all white-owned uh, businesses. Yeah. So the last time I checked Amazon, Jeff Bezos ain't black. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates, who owns Microsoft, or is the biggest shareholder, he ain't black. These morons are literally funding organizations that are calling for boycotts of their companies. Yeah. But this is virtue corporate- si-
2: This is virtue signaling 101, right? I don't want to be accused of being a racist company. Therefore, how big does the check need to be to Black Lives Matter, regardless of what you're supporting,
3: even if it's terrorist organizations? So here's what needs to happen. Everyone who watches this podcast, and we are, I think this month- we're going to cross the threshold of 1 million viewers in the month of October. I think we're on on pace to do that. We've been just under a million. I think this month we're going to cross a million. This has been our biggest month ever. Unique individuals. Let's
2: y- be clear yeah, about by, that. By the way.
3: Not, views
2: are way in the millions, the, 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 but this the is views, a million the unique The views people. were
3: 3, 4 million. We're, we're well north of that. But this is a million unique people that watch this podcast, which is blowing away CNN. It, it's blowing away a lot of the media. Every one of us who watches this, needs to demand to these companies, hey, do you support Black Lives Matter's Marxist agenda supporting Hamas? Yeah. Are you anti-Semites? Do you support that we need the end of Israel? That is important that these groups be held accountable. And by the way, it's not just Black Lives Matter. Can, can we go one other thing about Black yeah. Lives Matter that I think
2: also yeah. people need to understand? This is their total focus right now. So if you want to understand what they're doing as an organization right now, if you're writing checks right now to Black Lives Matter, if you're a corporation writing these checks, their sole purpose right now is supporting Hamas. That's all they're doing right now. Now, now
3: to be fair, I think most of these corporations are trying to just slink into the, the cornfields. It reminds me of Homer Simpson, like, fading into the cornfields, yeah. that, 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 that meme. Like, they're just trying to disappear. And you know what? They know the corporate media is not going to hold them to account. They know that that CNN's not going to ask, "Hey, why'd you support a Marxist organization that wants to end Israel?" Or
2: are you still giving to them this year? Yeah.
3: Is it in your corporate budget? Uh, look, nobody's asking that, they may be they may be right now every one of these companies needs to be asked that. And 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 you know, it's not just Black Lives Matter, it's other radical left-wing groups. So you take, for example, the Democratic Socialist of America. So Democratic Socialist of America is the radical left-wing group um it's the Democratic Socialists of America is the party of Ilan Omar of Corey Bush of Rashida Tlaib of AOC of Jamal Bowman who remember pulled the the fire alarm because yeah. he wanted to end the vote um, that's who the Democrat Socialists of America are watch one Colorado State Representative a guy named Tim Hernandez when he's asked by a reporter about Hamas's atrocity he's a Democrat Democratic Socialist just like the rest of these watch how he responds and I think it's
1: despicable what they're protesting for, and what you're protest- protesting for, and the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What
0: about it? Do you condemn it? I already said Why can't you say yes? Because I already wow. gave you my answer. You didn't give an answer, and every, I think anybody who watches would understand
1: yeah. what there are watch your actual position is
3: There you go. Well, I think we guaranteed more than three people to watch the video. Yeah, I think we just did that. But but look, what's interesting is when he says, what about what about the women and children and elderly people being mowed down in the streets? And his response is, what about it? Yeah. Look, it's just like Rashida Tlaib. They won't condemn the barbarism, the war crimes, the targeting of civilians. The horrific conducts of Hamas terrorists because they supported it and so let's be clear if you support Black Lives Matter if you write checks to Black Lives Matter you are supporting these Hamas terrorists and if you support the Democrat Socialists of America that's what you support as well because they embrace this hatred for Israel, this hatred for Jews, let's be clear. Hamas was murdering people simply because they were Jewish. If you were Jewish. Just
2: like the rockets. They don't care what it hits as long as someone dies. It's Jewish.
3: Yes. And, and it is naked anti-Semitism and more and more on the left. That is their view is is Jews are evil and deserve to be killed because they're Jewish. And that sounds harsh, but that's Hamas's view. Yeah. And if you defend Hamas, Hamas, look, Black Lives Matter Chicago puts up an image of a terrorist who murdered nearly 300 teenagers, Israelis, because they were Jews, and said, I stand with the murderer. I stand with the terrorist. Do it again. That is exactly what they're saying. And, and, And by the way, it's not just major Fortune 500 companies. It's the media. It's also George Soros. George Soros... Let me read an article from the news. Billionaire Democratic donor George Soros once slammed the U.S. for supporting Israel and not recognizing Hamas after the terrorist group won control of the Gaza Strip. In a 2007 Financial Times op-ed, Soros chastened the Bush administration's commitment to Israel, calling on the U.S. and the Jewish state to work together with Hamas, whose forces killed more than 900 people across the Gaza border on Saturday. So George Soros, who is, by the way, one of, if not the single biggest Democrat giver, donor on the Democrat side and is funding dozens, if not hundreds of left wing organizations, is putting millions and millions of dollars, is funding the Soros DAs who are refusing to lock up murderers, who, by the way, are releasing people who commit the kind of crime Hamas commits, although they do it on smaller scales, They murder and rape one, two, three, four, five Americans, and the Soros DAs let them go. Hamas murders 1,400 Israelis, 30 Americans, and Soros says, hey, America ought to work with Hamas. Those are our people. That is the view of the radical left.
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
0: for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. Equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Do you know of any other op-ed
2: that George Soros has written? Because for George Soros to, to go out there and to want to do an op-ed defending Hamas and attacking Israel, he has to really believe this at a, at a whole nother level. Because he's not a guy, yeah, he does a lot behind the scenes. He's a behind the scenes guy. But to publicly come out and to do that and to say, I, I stand with Hamas, basically, you need to accept Hamas, Hamas are, are the people you need to be standing by. If that's what Soros is saying publicly, imagine what he's saying privately.
3: Look, this is the modern radical left. They hate Israel. We talked about on the last last pod how Jake Tapper went 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 on CNN and said, wow, the, the, the anti-Semitism in the far left is really becoming apparent to a lot of us and it's shocking a lot of us. Well, look, it's not shocking anyone who's paying attention. This is who they are. They hate Jews they hate Israel, and every one of the leftists who embraced Black Lives Matter. You cannot support Black Lives Matter, the Marxist institution, and claim you support Israel. Those are fundamentally inconsistent because they are profoundly anti-Semitic. They want the destruction of Israel. Their co-founder said her objective is to end the imperialist project that is Israel and they openly embrace and support the hamas terrorists so ask yourselves if you're a head of corporate philanthropy at any company and you write the check you sign your name to a check to black lives matter understand that you're signing a check saying i stand with the terrorists who are raping and murdering children because there is no gray area in this there is good and evil and these Hamas terrorists are evil.
2: You also have a very interesting thing that's happening, and that's, look, you've got Soros, and some people may say, look, Soros and BLM, they're kind of on the outside, okay? Well, look at this administration. John Kerry, who's in this administration, he has his own problem in the past when it comes to his thoughts on Israel that are now coming back into play, and they should have been, they, this the clip we're about to play should have been played everywhere to, to, to give you kind of a perspective on the people that Joe Biden is surrounding himself with Take yep. a look at Kerry in his own words back in 2014. Secret recordings of the Secretary of State John Kerry during a closed-door meeting with a trilateral commission, group of global leaders. Uh, they were talking about the Middle East peace process when the Secretary of State dropped this bombshell.
0: The unitary state winds up either being an apartheid state with second-class citizens or it winds up being a state that
1: destroys the capacity of Israel to be a Jewish state.
2: He was Secretary of State under Barack Obama at the time when he said that. He has a job in this administration with what they still say, remember a week ago when all this happened, this terrorist attack happened, they were still out there on TV saying
3: that climate is
2: the number one threat to everybody in the world. And, And that's his job now. Remember, that's his new job, the climate czar, whatever the hell they call it.
3: John Kerry is today the climate czar, today the head of Chinese Communist appeasement because as climate czar, his, his main job is to purchase wind and solar products from Communist China, produced with Chinese slave labor in concentration camps. So that's what he's doing now. He's perfectly comfortable with supporting evil, with supporting slavery, with supporting mass genocide, which Communist China is committing. But previously, when he was Secretary of State, look, those comments were not made when he was just sort of a rogue citizen, some clown. Yeah. Those comments were made when he was the sitting U.S. Secretary of State. And I don't know if you remember what I did following those, those comments. I went to the Senate floor and I called on John Kerry to resign because I said those comments will be repeated by every enemy of Israel. They will be repeated by Hamas. They were repeated by Hezbollah. They will be repeated by Iran and say, this is not us saying this. This is the United States Secretary of State that says Israel is an apartheid state. That is a lie, an utter lie. But it is a lie that is driven by people that want the number of Jewish states on planet Earth to be zero. Yeah. Because they say, well, we want to bring enough Palestinians into Israel that they control Israel as well, so there are zero Jewish states. There is, in fact, a Jewish state in Israel. Now, they protect the rights of Muslims. They protect the rights of Arabs in Israel. And by the way, Gaza... They Gaza, Israel left. Israel ceded sovereignty. The Palestinian Authority runs Gaza entirely. Hamas runs Gaza entirely. When, when the leftists refer to Gaza as an open-air prison, they may be right. But the jail guards are Hamas. Israel's yeah. not the jail guards. All they're doing is saying, stay where you are. Stay out of Israel.
0: Well,
2: you, And to prove your point, the reporting is clear. Israel said, get out of Gaza. And we know that Hamas was forcing people to stay in Gaza because they wanted innocent people to die so they can blame Israel for it. Israel's dropping leaflets leaflets, leaflets and everything. Yeah, they're trying
3: to say, please
2: leave before we come in. And Hamas is saying, you can't leave. That is prison, is it not?
3: Hamas wants Palestinian civilians to die. Why? Because CNN and the rest of the media will then amplify it and do just what they did with the Palestinian hospital. Yeah. They'll blame Israel because they're already ready to blame Israel. They are part of the propaganda effort. And and Hamas recognizes they don't have the military force to defeat Israel. They believe that the global corporate media does have the power to defeat Israel. And so they're not even an ancillary part of the strategy. They're an integral part of the strategy. And, and today they demonstrated exactly why Hamas feels they can count on the corporate media to be their biggest ally. I
2: want to talk to you about our friends at Precious Metals real quick. If you're like me and you've wanted to buy gold for years, lots of commercials out there talk about buying gold. The question is, who can you really trust? Well, I didn't want a bad investment. I wanted to make sure that I had someone I could work with, and that is when I found Augusta Precious Metals. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to buy physical gold, Eliminate fear and uncertainty for the process using the new Gold IRA Company Integrity Checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. Now, I use it personally to vet Augusta Precious Metals, and I'm buying gold from them myself. You can use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company. You can also get the free investor's guide on gold from Augusta Precious Metals right now. And you can get the Gold IRA Company Integrity Checklist today. All you got to do is call Augusta and you can get that free guide on gold. The number 877, the number 4, Gold IRA. That's 877, the number 4, Gold IRA. Or online at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You can also text the word BEN to 68592 if that's easier on you. And you'll get that integrity checklist right away. So text the word BEN to 68592. 592 or AugustaPreciousMetals.com. We're going to keep covering this because it is extremely important, and we're going to make sure that the headlines are not getting out there, keep getting out there. I also want to talk about back shifting to the U.S. and some domestic news. This gag order that was just put on former President Donald Trump, plain and simple, is this election interference at its, at its worst, but also at its finest for Democrats who say, hey, we can shut up a candidate running the leader. In the lead by, I don't know, 40-plus points, depending on what poll you look at, we're going to make sure this guy can't defend himself and what we're trying to do to him.
3: This gag order is blatantly unconstitutional. Really? It is an absolute abuse of power. Here's what the gag order reads. Quote, All interested parties in this matter, including the parties in their council, are prohibited from making any public statements or directing others to make any public statements, That target, one, the special counsel prosecuting this case or his staff, two, defense counsel or their staff, three, any of this court staff or other supporting personnel, and four, any reasonable foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. Now, I want to focus in particular on two of them. Number one, the special counsel prosecuting the case. The judge is saying you're not allowed to make this case, (laughs) that the special counsel is a rabid partisan Democrat who's made a career out of prosecuting Republicans, out of abusing his power, and, and... He's saying Trump can't make that point, but or she, rather the, the 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 judge, but but even more importantly, number four, Trump is pro- prohibited from saying any, making any public comments about any reasonable foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. So one of the witnesses is Mike Pence. Mike Pence is currently running against Donald Trump for president of the United States. So you now have a federal judge saying (laughs) you, the leading candidate for president of the United States, as a Republican, are prohibited by this court from making any comments, positive or negative, about Mike Pence, one of your opponents. That's impossible, by the way. You know, I can just envision if Trump participated in a debate, and and I don't know if he will or not, but you can imagine him on a debate stage and Mike Pence stands up and attacks him, and and Mike Pence has criticism of Trump, and Trump turns to him, and, and if Trump were to follow this order, I guess Trump would say, I would like to respond to those comments, but I am prohibited by court order from saying anything regarding the individual who just said that. That's absurd. That is right in the face laughing at the First Amendment, laughing at free speech, laughing at the democratic process. Now, watch and listen to what Donald Trump said in response to this.
0: Uh, They think the only way they can catch me is to stop me from speaking. They want to take away my voice and
2: a judge uh, gave a gag order today. Did you hear that on speech? Which I believe is totally unconstitutional what she did. A judge gave a gag order. A
0: judge doesn't like me too much. Her whole life is not liking me. But uh, she gave a gag order. You know what a gag order is? You can't speak badly about your opponent. But this is weaponry all being done because Joe Biden is losing the election and losing very, very badly to all of us in the polls. He's losing badly. But what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail
2: if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. By the way, that's why people love him. Uh, He's calling it out and saying, fine, you want to go there? You can put me in jail. I'm willing to go to defend my rights to that end.
3: There are very few statements Donald Trump has made that I agree with more emphatically than what he just said there. That is exactly right. Um, by the way, on the face of it, he arguably via- violated the gag order right there because he's pointing out that the judge is a radical leftist and is, in fact, one of the most liberal judges, if not the most liberal judge on the entire D.C. court. Um, I don't think the D.C. judge is going to dare to put him in jail. Like, you could. She, she, she could. really
2: could. That was my question. She, Based she, on that, could she
3: actually go and arrest him? She, she could issue an order, go arrest him and put him in jail. Um, part of me wants her to do that because if she did he would immediately appeal and I am absolutely certain the appellate courts would reverse it I put it at 100% even for a hardcore leftist judge she knows that She's not going to lie. Then him
2: why in. did she do the gag order? That's my question. Because she, if you if you know Donald
3: Trump at all, you know he's gonna push that button. Because there's an arrogance to it, and I think what she probably will do is fine him. Okay. I think you will see her at some point. I don't think she'll take that comment. I think she'll try to find something that is really explicitly blasting the prosecutor, explicitly blasting Mike Pence or some other potential witness. And I think what is likely to that we're, we're likely to see is that she enters an order finding him thousand dollars, or five thousand dollars, or fifteen thousand, or hundred, whatever, some amount. Um, and I expect that fine to be appealed, but it will not be appealed with the urgency of if she issued an order for the leading Republican candidate to be incarcerated
2: and the former president of the United States of America. Yes
3: that appeal would be resolved within hours. Like, like that would be done on an emergency expedited basis. And even the D.C. Circuit leans left. I don't believe the D.C. Circuit. Look, um, the Supreme Court... Uh, in, in in a case called Seattle Times versus Reinhardt said that litigants First Amendment rights, quote, may be subordinated to other interests that arise in the courthouse. For instance, on several occasions, this court has approved restrictions on the communication of trial participants where necessary to ensure a fair trial for a criminal defendant. But this isn't designed to ensure a fair trial for a criminal defendant. In fact, just the opposite. Yeah. This is designed to hurt the criminal defendant. And, and I, I, I will point out, in New York Times v. Sullivan, which is a landmark, maybe the landmark, free speech, freedom of the press case, the Supreme Court said that the First Amendment reflects, quote, a profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues should be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attack on government and public officials. What this judge has just said is you're not allowed to criticize the prosecutor. You're not allowed to criticize Merrick Garland, the most political attorney general in America's history, for weaponizing the Department of Justice to go after you because he's afraid you'll win the election and he wants to abuse the justice system to lock you up because he doesn't want the voters to be able to vote for you. You're not allowed to say that because... While you're running for president. I I don't want the voters to hear that. That's not about the jury pool. That's not about protecting the integrity of the trial. That's about... I don't like anyone knowing what's going on. Now everyone knows what's going on. That's why every time Trump gets indicted, his numbers in the primary go up. Yeah. Because it's obvious whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, even people that don't like Trump, they look at this and say, this is garbage. And and this gag order, I I, I got to say, this judge may overreach. And I think this gag order is overreaching now. The gag order on the face of it is not likely to be immediately appealable on an expedited basis. When the appeal will speed up, in all likelihood, is when the judge orders a consequence. If the judge ordered incarceration, if the judge says lock Donald crazy Trump up. She's enough to to that I I don't think she is. I actually don't not I, I think... I don't know this judge at all i've never practiced in front of her i don't know her but from everything i know i'm assuming and and her record indicates she's a hardcore leftist but but i don't think she's stupid yeah if you issue an order go incarcerate the president of the united states lock him up by the way you want to talk about unprecedented put it in handcuffs put it in prison secret service is coming with him so in the cell you're going to have secret service agents protecting donald trump in prison if she issued that order, you would have an emergency expedited appeal, and my prediction is in less than a day it would be reversed. I actually think in hours. I don't even think it would take—it wouldn't take 24 hours. It would take a couple of hours. And, and Trump is exactly right. Send me to jail, you crazy, lunatic partisan, who is rubber-stamping this abuse of power from the most partisan attorney general we've ever seen. Um, it's incredible. This gag order is a sad moment in American democracy. It's a sad moment for American free speech. And, and let me close the podcast with this question. Can you name a single Democrat who's criticized the de- gag order? Not a one. Uh, so I can't name an elected Democrat, but I can actually, I'm going I'm to close with this. I can name Erwin Chemerinsky. So Erwin Chemerinsky, I know him well. He's a very liberal left-wing law professor. When I litigated the case defending the Texas Ten Commandments mon- monument in, in Texas, went to the Supreme Court, we won 5-4. The lawyer on the other side was Erwin Chemerinsky. Uh, he and I have done multiple debates one-on-one. He's, he's a very smart, very affable, very liberal constitutional law professor. So Irwin wrote on October 17, 2023, an op-ed in the LA Times entitled, A Federal Judge's Gag Order Against Trump May Be Satisfying but it isn't constitutional. And here's what Irwin wrote. Basic First Amendment principles cast serious doubt on the judge's order. Quote, the Supreme Court has long held that court orders prohibiting speech constitute prior restraint and are allowed only in extraordinary and compelling circumstances. Quote, what is particularly troubling about Chutkin's order is that it seems primarily concerned with protecting prosecutors and court personnel from Trump's vitriol. The law is clear that speech can't be restricted to prevent government officials from being criticized or even vilified. Quote, the Supreme Court has repeatedly held that the First Amendment protects a right to criticize government officials, even harshly. Quote, there is no reason to believe, however, that Trump's criticism of Smith, his staff or court personnel, will prevent a fair trial. It is impossible to imagine that Trump's attacks will change how the prosecutors behave. Irwin Chemerinsky is demonstrating principle here. He's absolutely right. Name one Democrat senator who's shown this principle. Name one Democrat House member who's shown this principle. If they exist, I don't know about it because today's Democrat members of Congress hate Donald Trump so much that the rule of law, the First Amendment, the Constitution, free speech, none of it matters. Trump Hatred defines today's Democrat Party.
2: It's incredible.
3: As it's almost midnight
2: here, uh, we thought we might be talking about a new Speaker of the House. I promise you, we are going to have that update for you on Friday's podcast. Hopefully, we'll know who it is you, you, by you then. You promise? we have by Friday.
3: Keyword, hopefully, we'll have it. Boy, your confidence.
2: Hopefully, we will. But we're going to have that for you i got to say thank you again to all you guys that listen. You did an amazing job of getting out so much of what the media is doing to Israel in the last podcast. I say this sincerely. We put our heart and soul into the show, and you guys spread it on social media. So thank you for doing that. Don't forget, we do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hit that follow, subscriber, auto-download button. And on the days in between, make sure you download my podcast, the Ben Ferguson Podcast. I'll keep you updated on the breaking news on those in-between days. And the Senator and I will see you back here in a couple of days. Let me tell you about our friends over at Chalk. If you're a guy and you feel like that you've lost some of your strength and your vitality and weakness and complacency are setting in, maybe you just feel fatigued and you don't want to go work out. Maybe you don't even like playing sports anymore and that's something you love to do. Uh, Maybe you just feel like you're just getting weak and complacent and sitting around too much. Well, guess what? You're not alone. Men's testosterone levels are off a cliff historically at an all-time low. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk are helping real American men just like you boost your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. You'll get back that strength and vitality. You'll get rid of that weakness and complacency. It's manufactured right here in the US of A. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, and your mood. So if you're sick and tired of sitting around and just being sick and tired of having that weakness and complacency, check out Chalk. C H O That's C H O Q.com. Now, here's the best part use the promo code BEN, and you'll get 35% off at chalk.com. C-H-O-Q.com. Boost your testosterone levels up to 30% over 90 days. cho That's C-H-O-Q.com.
1: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple.